You're listening to KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, June 24th, 2022. It's 6 p.m. and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Good evening, I'm Claudio Mendoza. Authorities say that the accused gunman who attacked a Taiwanese-American congregation in Laguna Woods last month was motivated by hate. The California Report tonight shares a sampling of opinions from Taiwanese immigrants and their American children about the island nation's complex past. Afterwards, we'll listen to some of our community members reacting to today's Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, and Felton Pruitt closes out our newscast in conversation with Nevada County Public Information Officer Taylor Wolf. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. In the wake of yesterday's Supreme Court ruling weakening states' authority to regulate the carrying of concealed weapons, California lawmakers are gearing up to tighten gun laws here. From CAP Radio in Sacramento, Chris Hooks reports. In Attorney General Rob Bonta's eyes, the Supreme Court's ruling was inevitable. It's in part why he's been working with the legislature and Governor Gavin Newsom to counter the high court's decision. Next week, state lawmakers are expected to pass a bill that will specify where weapons cannot be carried, as well as clarify qualifications for obtaining a concealed carry permit. The data is clear. More guns in more places means more people die as a result of gun violence. Period. Full stop. That is settled. That is undisputable. California already has some of the strictest gun laws in the nation. Carrying a loaded gun in most public spaces is still generally prohibited without a license, which is issued by local law enforcement and comes with a host of requirements, including a background check. For the California Report, I'm Chris Hooks in Sacramento. Let's turn to some state election news. Republican Nathan Hawkman will battle California's Democratic Attorney General Rob Bonta in the November general election. Hawkman won 18% of the vote in the primary, according to figures released yesterday from the California Secretary of State's office. The Republican Party's endorsed candidate will now face Bonta, who won nearly 55% of the votes in the June 7th primary. A month ago, a gunman attacked a Taiwanese-American church congregation in the Orange County community of Laguna Woods. Prosecutors say the accused gunman was motivated by hatred of Taiwan. The shooting has brought renewed attention to Taiwan's painful and complex past, not just for Taiwanese immigrants, but for their American children as well. KPCC's Josie Wong spoke with some of them. Justin Kuo grew up in Orange County, a pastor's son in a Taiwanese-American church. His parents and their friends are proudly Taiwanese and oppose China's claim over the island. My parents, they're pro-independence and they feel like there should be a separation. Other immigrants from Taiwan think of themselves as Chinese and want closer ties to China. As for Kuo, he always cared more about basketball and metal music. He shrugged off what felt like a homeland feud. Okay, like these politics, I'm so removed from it. I know, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. But last month, a violent extremist brought old divisions into full view. David Cho is charged with killing a doctor and injuring five others at a church in Laguna Woods on Sunday. The church Joe attacked has connections to Taiwan's independence movement, which Joe opposes. His story illustrates the complexities of Taiwanese politics. Investigators say he was motivated by his political hatred for Taiwan. Joe 
was born in Taiwan. His family was among the waves of Chinese who fled the communist takeover of the mainland in the late 1940s. They followed the defeated nationalist government to Taiwan. The nationalists placed Taiwan under martial law as they plotted to take back the mainland and restore what they called the Republic of China. In Mandarin Chinese, these newcomers are Wai Sunren, people from outside the province. They were favored in politics and the workplace over the majority of longtime locals called Bun Sunren. The division between Wai Sunren and Bun Sunren was really obvious in the 1950s. James Lin teaches Taiwan studies at the University of Washington. Daigi, the language spoken by longtime Taiwanese, was banished from schools, suspected dissidents, imprisoned, and executed. Today, Taiwan is a democracy. Wai Sunren, those who had left China for Taiwan, have been there for generations. Many have married Bun Sunren. Lin says the majority of people identifies as Taiwanese. Their idea is that we want to assert that we are not Chinese. So it's kind of like rejecting Beijing's claims. Although the majority in Taiwan does not embrace the idea of declaring the island independent of China. This political evolution in Taiwan, it wasn't lived by the thousands of Taiwanese who immigrated to the U.S. in the 70s and 80s. We call it like the immigrant time capsule, right, where Taiwan exists in your mind as it was when you left. Leona Chen is editor of the website TaiwaneseAmerican.org. Her family has been in Taiwan since long before those who fled the communists. She grew up in the Bay Area around other Bunzeran families. My community is very much pro-independence to the point where we do not fly the Republic of China's flag at our events. Her friend Mark Liu is a filmmaker from Orange County. His relatives arrived in Taiwan with the nationalists. We always imagine a future where the ROC flag would be flying over China again. Liu says regardless of family lineage, he and his friends share a love of Taiwan. That's why he worries how the Laguna Woods shooting has revived talk of the divide between Wai Suren and Bun Suren. It turns into a very confrontational thing, whereas if people were to just simply acknowledge how complicated Taiwan's history and identity is, at least we can start with a common ground where it's like, yeah, this stuff is messy, but let's work it out. Leona Chen says Laguna Woods has underscored the importance of respecting distinctions in the Taiwanese-American identity without being divisive. I've maybe softened a bit out of grief and understanding that the stakes are, are different. After the shooting, we have an opportunity to be generous, to be thoughtful, to transcend the prejudice among both communities. The tragedy at Laguna Woods has set Justin Kuo, the pastor's kid, on a more personal journey. This is a pretty big wake-up call to really start focusing on where I came from and my identity. Guo is a pastor himself now at a multi-ethnic congregation. He wants his two young kids to learn the Taiwanese culture and language he took for granted. It's a way to honor the elders he grew up with in church. In these Taiwanese churches, the only ones left are the grandparents. All the young kids, all the, all the people who are in their 30s and 40s, we've left. We've left them. In recent weeks, Kuo's mom has been hinting he should join an English ministry at a Taiwanese church. Do I go back and do I raise the flag of Taiwanese community? Since Laguna Woods, Kuo says, he's been thinking about it. For The California Report, I'm Josie Huang in Los Angeles. Support for The California Report comes from Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com Paint Care, now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at PaintCare.org And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. 
on the web at theschmidt.org. All right, that is the California Report for Friday, June 24th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, and Chris Hoff. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Keith Mizuguchi, and Daphne Young. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. As always, thanks so much for listening and have a great day. And- weekend. According to an article published by the Associated Press, the Supreme Court stripped away women's constitutional protections for abortion today, nearly a half century after Roe v. Wade. The court's overturning of the landmark court ruling is likely to lead to abortion bans in roughly half the states. I spoke today to community members in Grass Valley and Nevada City and asked them to share their thoughts. My name's Elizabeth Rose. I live in Rough and Ready. Uh, We are no longer protected by the Supreme Court. They are a one-sided platform, and uh, people should be very afraid because taking away females' reproductive rights is not where they're going to stop. They have a whole agenda to take away a lot of the progressive rights uh, that everyone has been working for for uh, a very long time. So uh, I'm pretty tired of this becoming a a discussion just about whether uh, a person can have an abortion or not. There is so much more to having uh, a child and taking care of a child and funding all that's necessary, and that's never discussed. You know, contraception, education, um, supporting education, you know, uh, preschool, all of these things are never discussed. It's always about just the discussion of whether you know, a fetus is, has a right to live besides a woman's right to decide what to do with her body. And, you know, my, my grandmother and her mother and everyone before them fought so hard, and now we have to fight again. So I'm not gonna give up, you know. I, I've had my children, but this is an affront to women. I mean, feminism is about the fact that we have to prove in this country that women have all the human, that should have all the human rights that a male does. And in this case, that's what this is about. We have to have the rights over our body. So, so you mentioned that, you know, you're going to continue to fight. What do you see that fight looking like? It's all about voting. It's all about education. Um, We have to get people to wake up and realize that more people's rights are at stake here. And that taking away the the reproductive rights of women uh, creates so many more issues, not just for women, but for communities, for families. You know, lives are at stake. It's about safety. It's about, it's about protecting everyone's human rights. My name is Maria Lipkin. I live in Nevada City. I think it's pretty devastating. Um, definitely not unexpected, but still shocking and makes me feel really terrible and also makes me feel really nervous about other rights being taken away in the future. What kind of rights do you think might be taken away? Uh, A lot of queer and trans rights, gay marriage, and 
other human rights I'm probably not even thinking of, but it feels like if a Supreme Court can overturn something like that, they can overturn anything. The Supreme Court has so much power, so it makes me feel really powerless and unsure what else can be done because, as we know, a majority of Americans are against this decision and it got made anyway, so it doesn't give me much hope on actions right now. The next community member preferred to stay anonymous. Could you tell me where you live in the county? Oh, Grass Valley. And what do you think about Roe v. Wade being struck down today? Well, I think that I wish everybody would take a step back and look back when it was passed in the 70s, how it was passed, what it meant to be passed. Um, I don't think it's really taking the rights away from women. I think that the women can still get abortions, if I'm understanding this correctly. It's just putting it in the state's hands now instead of Really, if you read the Constitution, there's no word in the Constitution that says a woman could go to an abortion. But I feel that there are certain elements like rape, incest, that a woman's life, that you, sh- you should be able to. And, and then there's other things that happen and that, you know, sometimes people's lives, sometimes you get an abortion, whatever. It's nice if you can carry the child and give it away. But it's still, I think, a personal choice. But I don't think that any of the justices' homes should be... Um, I don't think anybody should show up at the justice's house and cause trouble. I think this is something that... Uh, I think they've been thinking about this a long time since it was passed. From Because I was, like, really young when I was, like, maybe... Tw- I think it was passed in 73. So I was, like, 23 back then. And I, I probably never thought about it much back then because... When I was growing up, I mean, abortions were like, I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, I don't know. I just, I just want women to understand that they really can still get an abortion. It's like they kind of think they can't. And that's not, that. if I'm understanding everything correctly, that is not so. So if they'll just take a step back and realize they still can, then I don't think they'll I hope they don't burn anything down. I hope they don't go to any justices' homes. I mean, come on. That's not, that's not kosher. That ain't good. Kelly Rochek. And Kelly, where do you live here in the county? In, right here in downtown Grass Valley. Okay. And tell me your thoughts about Roe v. Wade being uh, struck down today by the Supreme Court. Um, having come out the year I was born and for to have it overturned 50 years later is ridiculous, taking the choice away from women. It's going to affect the ones that are you know, underprivileged and minorities, send them to places, back back alleys again. It's going to be sad. It's, I was pissed when my boss brought it to me at 7 o'clock this morning. It's just, it sucks. It sucks. And where do you think we go from here? I think it sets us back big time. I think it sets us back, and I don't even know where we go, honestly. It's, I mean, I had three phone calls this morning from girlfriends that were just livid. It's... You just took away women's choice. So. And what do you say to people that, that'll push back saying that the choice hasn't been completely taken away, that the choice is now being put up to states instead of the federal government? It's still taking away the choice. I mean, you, still, you have, what, 13 states that have already banned it, that it doesn't matter. They're not looking at circumstances. They're just cutting it across the board. They're not looking at... Oh, 13-year-old girl was raped. They're not looking at if a baby is 
the fetus is not going to make it. They're not looking at anything. They're just making a decision based solely on what their beliefs are, not on the health or safety of a woman. So I pray for the women out there. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks. My name is Sean, and I am in Grass Valley. And Sean, what do you think about Roe v. Wade being struck down today? Uh, I'm actually pretty devastated by that. I grew up with my grandmother who had children in the Depression and at one point had to have an abortion. And that was in about 1932. So she went to a back alley and she almost died. And so I was raised with a very strong woman who believed that our rights to govern our own bodies and our own choices are ours and no one else's. I believe it should be just a universal right for women. I think it was a slap in the face to women. Uh, we are over 50% of the population. We have a say now. Um, the women that are most affected are the poor, the women of color. Uh, women who are struggling maybe have a history of um, unhealthy pregnancies will not be able to access that. How are they going to get from one place to another to get that help that they need? And it is abortion under, in my opinion, is healthcare. And I believe that that's gonna be truly affected by that. That was some of the voices of our community members reacting to the recent decision of the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Looking briefly now at regional weather, in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 65. Saturday will be sunny with a high near 94. Saturday night, mostly clear with a low around 66. In Truckee and the Lake Tahoe area, tonight clear with a low around 49 degrees. Saturday, we'll see isolated showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., then it'll be sunny with a high near 83. Saturday night brings more isolated showers and thunderstorms before 8 p.m., then it'll be mostly clear with a low around 52 degrees. And in the valley, Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, Clear with a low around 62 degrees. Saturday will be sunny and hot with a high near 101. On Saturday night, the valley will be clear with a low around 62 degrees. You are listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Next up, Felton Pruitt talks to Taylor Wolf. We're talking with Taylor Wolf. She's Nevada County's public information officer. Taylor, we've got some warm weather coming to our folks in Nevada City and Grass Valley in the next few days. Uh, what kind of tips can you give us for helping folks stay cool? Yeah, it's going to be a warm one in our community. Um, we're starting to see warmer weather as we move later into June towards July. So definitely folks are, are going to want to stay cool as they can. You know, that includes things like staying hydrated, making sure you're dressing for the heat, wearing those light layers, making sure you're wearing your hat and sunscreen, trying to stay in shaded areas or air-conditioned areas. And then, of course, probably most importantly, when we experience high temps, uh, never leave your children or pets in cars. And also be careful when taking your pets out on asphalt because asphalt gets hot very, very quickly and can and can easily burn pets' paws as well. So those are just a few tips to stay cool. People might be wondering, well, where can they go cool off at? Uh, local shopping centers or grocery stores are a great place. Let's say you change your normal grocery store trip maybe to the middle of the heat of the day so you can get some relief from the hot weather. 
Of course, movie theaters are another great place to cool down. And then our local Nevada County Library branches as well. Our Madeline Helling branch, Grass Valley branch, Penn Valley branch, and the Doris Foley branch in Nevada City all have open hours into Saturday as well. And then our Penn Valley branch has a very unique system where if you're an open plus registered user, you can actually use your library card to get into the library during weekend hours as well. Uh, Nevada County sometimes opens cooling centers when the temperatures trigger a certain level. Has that happened yet? That has not happened yet for this upcoming heat event. Right now, the National Weather Service is looking at about a moderate heat event. So there's actually two levels above that before it gets um, into a very hot, hot heat event where we see you know, a lot of the the issues with people needing to cool off and everything like that. But that doesn't mean that sensitive groups shouldn't still be careful during the upcoming heat. However, when we see conditions of over 105 degrees and National Weather Service is issuing their heat advisories or warnings for more than three days in a row, coupled with overnight temperatures that do not get below 75 degrees or lower, so we don't have that overnight cool-off. That is what triggers us to open cooling centers. Oftentimes, the last couple of years, these have taken place at our libraries and really localized to the areas that are most impacted. So typically in western Nevada County, we see our highest temperatures in places like Penn Valley. And then we, we basically bring in more resources and more open hours Um, with those cooling center times to provide that. But we are not seeing those metrics quite yet. Like I said at the beginning, it is looking like a moderate heat event right now. So we're continuing to closely monitor that. And again, the libraries are open all day during the day, most of them till 6 p.m. or a few of them till 4 p.m. as well. So there's definitely opportunities for folks to go and cool off. Anything else folks need to know about, Taylor? Yeah, you know, as we see this hotter weather and as we move later and later into the summer, just a reminder that it is high fire season too. So we are not seeing that it's going to be a red flag warning or fire weather watch for the next few days. However, that doesn't mean we're not in high fire season and we shouldn't be careful. So a reminder, do not use your lawnmower on weeds or dry grass. Making sure if you do choose to do any yard work, doing it during either the early hours of the morning or the late hours of the day um, when the ground's a little bit more wet and we have more humidity. Making sure you're, you're not throwing things like cigarette butts into dry grass or anywhere that could spark a fire. Avoiding that equipment that creates sparks and making sure you're not parking on dry grass either and getting those tow chains if you are towing. Um, making sure they're not dragging on the ground as well. And of course, there is no burning in Nevada County anymore because we are in that fire season. So just being extra cautious. And as a reminder, since we are in that fire season, just being prepared if a fire were to happen. You know, thinking through things like what is your family's emergency plan? Are you all signed up for the county's code red emergency alert? Do you know your zone? Do you have go bags packed with things like medications or animal food, change of clothes, anything else that you might need? Uh, So it's definitely that time of year that we're thinking through our emergency plans and making sure we are prepared for fire season.
All right. We've been talking with Taylor Wolf. She's the public information officer for Nevada County. Thanks for all the info, Taylor. Thank you so much, Felton. That's our newscast for this evening. You can listen to it again on our website, kvmr.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. KVMR gets support from Hospice of the Foothills Gift and Thrift Stores, now with two locations, 840 East Main Street, Grass Valley, and 17440 on Penn Valley Drive in Penn Valley. All proceeds support end-of-life care for patients and families. Information at hospiceofthefoothills.org. And Carmen's Garden and Greenhouse, locally owned since 2012 on Loma Rica Drive in Grass Valley. Stocking greenhouse coverings and components, down-to-earth amendments, IPM products, and more. Open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5. K-A-R-M-E-N-S garden.com. Thanks very much for listening and for supporting your community radio station. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Have a great weekend. Thank you.